the benefits and drawbacks of analog versus digital controls in the car. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Live, our weekly live panel discussion of what is going on in the Apple space as well as the larger tech world and how it is impacting you. Join us live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, or whatever time that is wherever you are, at youtube.com slash macvoicestv, and participate in the chat, or catch the edited and segmented versions of the show on the regular Mac Voices channels and feeds. So sort of on a related topic, in a way, at least in my twisted mind, um, is a story that uh, Volkswagen is returning to physical buttons instead of touch controls. So I I know, I think we've maybe had some of these discussions in the distant past. I think there are some controls, personally, I think there's some controls that are better analog than digital because you mm-hmm. can reach up and touch them, uh, no pun intended, and and adjust them, you know, by feel. Especially if you're in the car, like the volume. I don't. I've had stereos that had a, a, a digital control for the volume, and it was a pain. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted my analog button back, um, and so, you know, th- this that this return to an analog situation when we just finished disgusting, disgusting, <laughs> discussing mm-hmm. um, a fully virtual environment where there would be no analog controls, unless you start. Requiring people or or equipping them to use a mouse or a trackpad or something as a way of controlling the virtual environment, that's sort of that doesn't sound like a horrible solution, but it also doesn't feel like it's a very completely integrated solution. So I, I was curious to see if anybody else had any competing thoughts or contrasting thoughts on this. I completely agree with BW. Um, honestly, I have enough problems. Just getting through the uh, the CarPlay Apple Apple Music menus. Um, if I had to do that uh, to get my uh, AC on or do other needed car, you know, functions that should be relatively easily. Um, honestly, that is distracting the driver from looking at the road. Okay. Which Ben, oh. I, 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 my, I personally think that CarPlay does a pretty good job, um, especially with Apple's native apps, of not requiring you to dig through t- ten different menus to get to the setting you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, you only have to go one, two, maybe three levels deep to get to you know something. Um, and for for the majority of the uses, for the uses I would, I would put it to while I'm driving. Well, this is sort of an ongoing, um, I don't know, drama, I guess, in the in the car world right now. I mean, you know, Tesla sort of established the everything on a screen, and 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 they're continuing to double down on that. Now their new cars don't even have stocks for turning, and you're going to have to use the screen to go and uh, drive neutral or reverse. Um, so they're not going to have a physical control for that either. And, um, you know, and there are people that are just like, yeah, this is great. This is the future. This is exa-, you know, and there's nothing in front of you 
on a Tesla. There's no speed display or, or anything. They have no heads up display. Everything's on the big screen. And some of the other car manufacturers have been like, hey, Tesla's, that's a great idea. So Volvo is following that. Ford is following that. Um, on the other hand, not everybody is. So PW is one. Uh, Hyundai has, you know, they've they've still got lots of buttons. Um, you know, personally, I, I think that, you know, there's some things that are appropriate on the screen. And, you know, I, I want turn indicator stocks. And, uh, you know, I, I like having this speed uh, speedometer in front of me and whatnot. But I, I, I know that there's a lot of commenters online that if they were watching this, they'd be like, yeah, okay, grandpa. And, you know, <laughs> they would they would uh, correctly say I'm an old person and that I'm a fuddy-duddy and, you know, you know, an idiot. <laughs> well, two out of three, maybe. So, so you know, when, when, Tesla for, when Tesla first came out, I thought, oh, this is great. And, I, you know, an iPad, you know, essentially. That's, mm-hmm. But I, I, I have, you know... And although I've never spent much time in the, in that in those cars, but I've come to think that yeah, I, I don't think that's good to have everything. And you know, on a, on a Tesla, you even have to go through menus to open the glove box. I think that's a little too far. Jeff, all right, necessary functionality that should be stuff that you can do without having to to look at all and uh and actually i'm going to expand that out now and say core functionality because because um uh part of the entertainment system like listening to the radio that's not a necessary function of a car but it's one of the core things that people do all the time so yet yeah, being uh, uh jim mentioned the uh the steering column stocks Okay, I can I can uh, turn on and off my lights. I can run my my windshield wipers. I can, I mean all all of the core stuff like that. I never have to look to do it. I can open and close windows <clears throat> without looking, and I can shift without looking, and uh, um, yeah, all, all of that stuff I can do without having to look at anything because I I have the tactile thing. I can just feel where everything is. And if I'm off a little bit, it's no problem. It's a physical thing and I can, I can catch it anyhow. Uh, heating, air conditioning, defroster, all of that. You should be able to run without having to look at anything because the, these are core functions that, that, uh, that at least in the case of defroster is necessary for a uh, safe operation of your car. Uh, yeah. Throw in the radio controls, at least volume. So that uh, uh, you don't have to fiddle with uh, with screen controls to to change volume or radio station, whatever. Uh, but non-core functionality, sure. If you want to put that on some screen, fine. Um, and uh, and I have not seen a touch-only interface for a car that that. I feel comfortable saying successfully addresses the the safety issues of driving, being able to operate the vehicle without ever looking at a control. 
Okay. Webb, you're a Tesla guy. Um, yeah, and, and keep my I, I got five cars, so and I rotate so them out all the time. Expert. And, and one of them is a Tesla. And, and you're right; they don't have stocks anymore. Uh, turn signal is or two soft buttons that are on the steering wheel you use with your left hand. Don't really like it, but I've come to get used to it. Uh, keep in mind that uh, a lot of the Tesla functionality, uh, while there are menus and screens, they really want you to use the voice control whenever you can. And I think people kind of forget that, but I think that's one of the things that they try to do. Um, I'll tell you, the problem that I have is, say, I want to change radio stations. Um, and so uh, uh, it's very hard to change radio stations on the Tesla because it does know whether I'm going to go to the Sirius XM satellite radio or to the local FM station or go to one of the streaming services. Uh, so it gets really confused about that. The other thing that I don't think people talk about, and I think one of the things that Apple got right on CarPlay, if you're just looking at the main CarPlay interface, is what I call targeting. And that is why I'm sitting here driving the car and I need to do something. I have to take my hand off the steering wheel, get my finger and point and hit something. And I got to hit that sucker just right. Okay. If I'm above it, below it, or to the left or to the right, it's not going to work the way that I want it to. So, so that, that's kind of a, a, a problem that I see as targeting. What Apple does is that uh, uh, just like on the Apple phone, but on the car, those buttons to change the different functionalities are pretty good size. Okay. The, the latest car that I got is a 2024 Lexus uh, and it does have CarPlay on it and it does have a touchscreen or CarPlay, but the, those buttons of um, um, there's a word that uh, Apple uses. I forget what they call them. They're, they're, they're easy to get to. It's when you go to the next step that I guess be a problem. When I go into music, I want to get to the Apple streaming service, um, Apple music streaming um, that can be kind of a problem sometimes, but here again, they kind of want you to use the, the voice interface and not, not the physical one. All that being said, I agree with you, Jeff, 100% that all the, 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 the normal things, uh, do need to be analog and tactical. And I think that's why Volkswagen's going to it. Um, um, but I also think they're trying to get some, some PR out of it saying that they're going back to analog. By the way, the, the, the Lexus that I have, it, it has all analog controls for the ventilation system. Uh, the only thing that's uh, uh, the digital side, if you will, is going to be everything that's related to CarPlay or Lexus' own um, uh, infotainment system. So um, that, that's probably the, the bulk of my comments. It's, it's the targeting is the thing that gets to me uh, that when I'm trying to drive and, and trying to get to something, it's, and you know, I'm, I'm hitting the, the screen three or four times trying to make little adjustments so I can get to the, the, whatever function I'm trying to do. Um, the other thing on, on the Tesla, by the way, it, if you look at the radio and volume, that's also an analog scroll button on the steering wheel as well, which is nice. So, so, um, but yeah, it, there, there's my experience The the, the Lexus interface on the 2024s, they got ridiculed for their infotainment, uh, they had a touchpad type interface. They got ridiculed for it, and they got rid of it for this model year. So, so help me out just a second, Webb. I want to make sure I understand. So, if you decide that you want to listen to what we would call radio programming, 
so how many steps does it take? I mean, do you, because I'm, I'm comparing it to, I guess, what I have or what I've had in cars before. So if I were to listen to Sirius XM, I have to make a selection and then that I'm choosing Sirius XM and then go find whichever station or channel on Sirius XM I want to listen to. If I want to listen to FM radio, I got to select FM radio and then make my station selection. Is it a similar situation with a Tesla? And is it that much different? It's not on the Tesla. It is on the Lexus. So on the Lexus, I I can have a a selection of six different uh, menu choices. Then I can change screens too. That's not as difficult as it sounds. Um, um, So in here again, I can just on the same screen, it's going to have my 80s on eight and then my my local uh, FM news station buttons right next to each other. On the Tesla, it's not that way. It's segmented by, by the, the radio function itself. Um, and there's a way you can get around that, but for the most part. So to answer your question, I'm listening to satellite radio and I want to go to the FM station. Um, it's two, two, maybe three clicks, if you will. Um, uh, I just got to choose uh, uh, the the. There's one button called source. Okay. Do I want to go to streaming? Do I want to go to Apple music? Do I want to go to satellite? Do I want to go to FM? So you hit that button, then you go to the FM selection, then you have to choose the station. So it's three clicks. Okay. Which is pretty comparable to any system I've had that, you know, you still have to, you still have to, I mean, it's, it's not a lot different than a TV at this stage. If I want to go to HDMI one, I have to select HDMI one and then manipulate whatever is coming in through HDMI one. So, uh, Dave. Yeah. I mean, I, I got similar experience. I have a Dodge charger and uh, it's a 2018. So it's a little older technology, but touchscreens are, are relatively easy to access. When I had a rent a car, you know, a couple months ago, um, I did notice quite a difference of what I wasn't used to because uh, I was a BMW and that they, they've got some crazy uh, ways of menus and screens that you had to set. I didn't, I found to be very cumbersome and can, could be distracting. So I was being very careful, you know, obviously not being used to it, but in, you know, I do listen to radio stations and, and I do have to go to different modes, you know, go to FM, AM, wherever, and then go to Sirius XM. And then I'm, then I go to CarPlay. Um, so, uh, the CarPlay menu, for the most part, seems okay. I've got controls on my steering wheel as well, um, so that does come in handy. I hope. I mean, on the basis of what this of this story, I mean, there are physical buttons on my car as well, and I, that's why I, I was always th- I was also thinking we've talked about this before. Is if you ever wanted to swap out to a different head unit, I I wouldn't do it because you know you've got those physical buttons on uh, on on my car that uh, I I would not th- want to, them to become you know inactive because the head unit's different. So uh, I'm okay because I have CarPlay, but there are cars that are much older that don't. And some people want to get you know, new head units and you got to, th- you got to, you know, think about that before you you know make that decision. Um, but uh, I, I'm with Webb and, and a lot of, the, and a lot of things that he described as far as maybe the things that there are, are like that. Uh, then, Hey, yeah, I'm, I, I like, listen, I like listening to the local news and then I, I think that's probably the same. Kansas city has a big new station. So does here in Chicago. And, that's why we like to listen to that because you, know, you want to hear what's going on in the news and not have to listen to the heavy politics of some of the channels that are on Sirius XM. So, so, uh, mm-hmm. so, so, but overall I, I can see why Volkswagen is looking at something like this with the physical buttons. Um, but yeah, 
I, I would like them to be limited. I like the touchscreen. I mean, but I know I, I've been in a Tesla before, and I know it's 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 a massive screen, and trying to get to functionality, having to get used to it. Obviously, you are well because you've had it for a while. So, uh, those are my two cents. I've I've always been just a little surprised that we haven't seen someone, Apple or anyone else, in all the infotainment systems, set up something where I could say I want to listen to Sirius XM channel, whatever, 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 you know, the hair metal station or yep. the golf, the golf channel station and, and assign that, that combination to a button as opposed to have to jump oh, down yeah. through the sources. And maybe somebody has done it and I just don't, I haven't had experience with it, but well, it just seems like such an obvious thing to do and nobody's done it yet. You connect on my, on my car, you can use their, their voice system. There's a button on the steering wheel and say, hey, I want to listen to 99.9, it's a Sirius XM, it will change to it, because it's using the, the built-in Sirius XM tuner that's in, in, the, in the head unit versus using the app. Now, that's a whole other story going down the Sirius XM. They've done a massive change to their app that, that's going to probably make people more uh, prone to want to just go online only as opposed to having the, you know, the, the dedicated head unit with, uh, with uh, the online as an option, depending on what they're charging. But, uh, yeah, but there are many cars that have that option already. You can use, you can use Siri too. I mean, and, and have it, you know, open right up as well. So just, that's the thing. Web mentioned that earlier. Some people you forget that there's there's voice activation. We're all in that behavior. We are, we're so used to physically going to change something. If I want to turn the temperature on the heat, I can you know I'm going to go to it. I don't go to the steering wheel. And there's, you know a lot of these cars give that stuff and that, that no, not, but there's definitely some conveniences there. So it's it's muscle memory remembering what the, what it has and doesn't have. Some ben? people have more or less luck getting voice control to work. That too. Well, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, That's you got to know the verbs. You got to understand yeah. each system in their own verbs to figure out what mm-hmm. you want them to do. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're yeah. right. You're right, Web. Heck, we see that with with our TVs because um, I now have a Fire TV and I can use the voice control with a lot of success if I learn how to tell it what I want right. it to do. Right. So, but if ben, you're driving, the chance of an error is more problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Web, what are you holding up? Oh, just the Apple TV remote. There's a little button siri button on the side of it so yep yeah yep. Web, and i don't uh, use right. it <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> ben there's a charm yeah, um sorry. here's one other problem i have if this the vehicle is touch screen only and we saw this uh to almost comical effect in a recent gm road test um oh, what yeah. if that yeah what if that the uh infotainment screen has either a a software malfunction or b is broken uh your car is basically bricked without it without some kind of uh, physical backups great point it, it did happen to me because i end up having to get them the, the the stock head unit replaced when I first got the car and it was, it was freaking me out. I mean, all of a sudden driving along and all of a sudden the system's rebooting. I'm like what, what, what? <laughs> or, or it'd be frozen. You couldn't get access to anything. I mean, you still have physical button access, but there you go. Yeah, I agree with you. But it seems uh, like, on the you Tesla- know, for example, the Tesla's all have screens and, you know, there's a couple million of them driving around now. And that doesn't seem to be huh. a problem. 
The, the no, second thing you learn by owning a Tesla is that if you hold both buttons down on the steering wheel, it reboots the software system. Now, remember, on, on all cars, I don't care which one it is, is that the, the, uh, the, the drivetrain computer is separate from right. what I'm going to call the infotainment. That's by law. It has to be that way. Has so to. has to. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's the third, second or third thing you learn on Tesla is how to reboot the damn thing. Because you oh, will have to reboot it at least once every week, 10 days. Tesla has control alt delete on the steering wheel. Pretty much. Now, now you can do that while you're driving down the road at, you know, 80 miles an hour, but you're going to lose the speedometer. You can still because drive, but you can't figure out how fast you're going. Mm-hmm. I've oh, done that before. The, the old cars, when the speedometer would be flickering, you, you wouldn't know how fast you're going. <laughs> We've been there. Yeah, that, that was that was a great story to tell the cops after they pulled you over. Yeah. Oh, my speedometer just was off. Mm, yeah, yeah. More Mac Voices conversations coming up next time. I'm Chuck Joyner. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple Tech with Mac Voices Magazine free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.